0: Hey women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. And welcome to another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. My name is Erica L. Ayala, founder of Black Rosie Media. And once again, I am here with Brian Florentin. You know him as a basically all things Brooklyn basketball writer, holding it down this summer as a beat reporter for the New York Liberty beat. But uh, Brian, you know, we had a jam-packed week for the New York Liberty. They have another jam-packed week coming up. But uh, we haven't spoken since since before the All-Star weekend. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about Sabrina Ionescu. And I think it's apropos because she did something amazing in the three-point contest. And it seems to have carried over into her game in the regular season
1: yeah absolutely um at the contest i was watching at work when it happened i'm like wait how many has she made in a row and i think the number was like 20 straight at one point point. and then in the last rack she went 27 for 29 which i watched the the all access video that the liberty put out a few days ago and we saw her practice going in and she said in there i'm trying to get the world record and she got it And it really was incredible. And it's really sort of built upon her her different role this season where it's a lot more catch and shoot, where it's a lot more playing off the ball. And she's shooting, at last check, I want to say maybe like 45% from three-point range, which is far and away her career best and top top 15 in the league this season. So seeing that showcase really sort of put into effect, it just really showed us just the, the work that she's done being off ball, being more catch and shoot, Shooting with, shooting with such efficiency and at, and at such a high volume, it was such a masterclass showing, and I thought that it really sort of like put a stamp on what has been a really good first half for her.
0: And, you know, you mentioned it. And again, it was in All Access. She mentioned it on, um, I guess it was on ABC um, or ESPN, one of the Disney channels. Um, but she talked ab- about just that. And she was very matter of fact, you know, I think Holly Rowe was like, you know, how do you do a performance? She's like, I practice. And um, I remember talking to some people at all-star weekend who were just like that's fantastic you know if you want like a inspiring moment to show young hoopers it's that you know and so Sabrina Ionescu in the final round to win the three-point contest she missed only uh, two shots 37 points out of a possible 40 points and the record for most three-pointers in a three-point contest or most points in a three-point contest was held, of course, by the fantastic Allie Quigley, who set it last year in her hometown of Chicago. And that was 30 points. Sabrina Ionescu had 37 Points And Allie Quigley was in the stands and she talked uh, at a panel at the WNBA Live setup they had. And she said, this is the reigning three-point, three-time three-point champion. Um, She said it's the best performance she's ever seen. And that speaks volumes. Of course, Allie Quigley in the house, not just because of the three-point contest that a lot of people think should be named after her, but also because her wife. Her wife, an all-star, representing the one and only New York Liberty. Courtney Vandersloot alongside Sabrina Ionescu. They got to the final uh, in the skills competition. Now, Sabrina Ionescu won skills last year. Last year, each of the WNBA all-stars, they partnered with a high school student because there was a high school um, nationals happening in Chicago. But this year, they went teammates and it was of course of course brian it was the new york liberty versus the vegas aces but ultimately it was really a chelsea gray performance down the wire that got them the win um you know what what as you were watching stood out to you around the narratives that of course were a flutter when it was new york versus vegas in the final
1: yeah, just to sort of tie back again to the access video, Um, after the three-point contest, Becky Hammond was like, can you miss a couple? And she's like, Supernova's like, nope. So I feel like New York is chasing Vegas and to make it to the finals in their house, but just sort of like come a little bit short as like, oh, hey, we're like, that's still the gold standard we're chasing. Like, we're really fantastic and we're doing great, but there's just that one higher level that we think we can catch and we see that right there. And also... I'm a mid-range guy, so anytime I watch players like have cook in the mid-range, I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. And Chelsea Gray, ooh, like Chelsea Gray, is like one of the best operators in the mid-range I've ever seen. So I'm like, yes, you making these mid-range shots like this. We are here as a basketball family. Take those shots, <laughs> make those shots. I I want to see that all the time. So watching that was really cool, and I love that Kelsey Plum was like, man. She saved my butt twice. I'm like, (laughs) woo! I wasn't doing it. But she took care of it. So I'm like, yes, all credit to Chelsea, which I thought was really sweet.
0: Yeah, I think also you heard Kelsey Plum KP after with us in media talk about, you know, she's she said something akin to, you know, I don't know, I think this if anything, the skills competition showed that I wasn't looking so skilled. I mean, because it's really a race. It's a it's an obstacle course as much as it is skills. Obviously, if you can finesse things, that makes it quicker. But also, you don't have time to perfect the shot necessarily, and and in, in a way that you might in a practice. Um, so I thought it was interesting just to see uh, that KP was a little put out by her performance, even though they won. Um, but that's just kind of the name of those types of obstacle course games. It doesn't have to be. It just has to be effective. But Chelsea uh, or Kelsey was right in saying that Chelsea really crushed it. And I mean, you know, they had about um, 12 seconds, I think, to spare by the time their time ran out. So the New York Liberty put on a valiant effort there in skills. Three-point contest belongs to Sabrina Ionescu but that wouldn't be the only victory for a New York Liberty player over the weekend. That is because Team Brianna Stewart beat Team Asia Wilson in the WNBA All-Star weekends. Now, this of course was the two captains of either side. So Brianna Stewart got to um, she got to recruit her team. Asia Wilson got to recruit her team. They definitely were, uh, you know, going with their teammates, whether on their teams right now or teammates that they've had in the past, which is always a lot of fun. Um, But Brianna Stewart gets the win. I I thought it was hilarious after the game. You heard from Brittany (laughs) Griner and a few other players talking about, uh, along with Stewie, how they were like, yeah, they were were practicing all kinds of stuff. And they were taking it serious, whereas Asia, I know for a fact, Fact. I know for a fact, Asia Wilson, if she did have a curfew for her team, she was definitely out past that curfew. <laughs> but um, we used All-Star to kind of talk about Sabrina Ionescu. She's been having a fantastic shooting performance, and that did lead into the last few games that the New York Liberty had coming on the other side Of the All-Star Weekend. Now, if I remember correctly, we we recorded before the Indiana game that was prior to the All-Star Weekend. Uh That was a dicey one, but ultimately, the New York Liberty did get the win, which, of course, puts them in the Commissioner's Cup, which, of course, means they go head-to-head with Dallas. Or, excuse me, not Dallas. They played Dallas after All-Star. They go head-to-head with Las Vegas. That's going to be August uh 15th, I believe. But speaking of the Dallas Wings, the Dallas Wings, they are coming for everyone. Okay. They beat the Las Vegas Aces. They played them tough in the game that they didn't beat them. And then they come to Barclays Center and get a 98-88 win over the New York Liberty. This was the first game back. From All-Star. What were some takeaways from that Wednesday game that lost to Dallas?
1: One thing I, I sometimes tend to forget is that Dallas is tall, tall, tall. Like you got three, six, five and up. It's like, wow, I forget how I forget how tall you know Satsu, Natasha, and Big T are. And Erika's, she's like she's like six two, six three somewhere around there. And Crystal's like the tiniest person, but she has a lot of heart and spunk. So it's like, wow, this is a nice little combination they got set up here. And I think one thing that Dallas did that they mentioned in their post game was that. They switched Satsu onto Sabrina after halftime because in that second quarter, Sabrina had it cooking. Like she had like 19 points in that quarter, and she was hitting threes from all over the place. She was like running Rike all over the place, like getting through all these defenses. But after halftime, Dallas took a quick timeout. They made the adjustment and then they were able to sort of like slow the that were at play. One was the big the biggest picture was that they didn't play with enough physicality. And their sort of like their springiness wasn't really there. Dallas committed a league low of all time two turnovers in that game. And that was a huge point of contention in New York's post-game. Like they weren't as physical as they needed to be. They they weren't in the passing lanes as much as they usually are. They weren't really able to sort of force the issue and get up in transition. So it was a situation where if you're not doing that and then your bigs are stuck in foul trouble again. It's like, oh wow, we're not getting, we're not getting on transition. Then um, John Quell and Niara are saddled with foul trouble. We're down two centers already. This is really just bad. It's like a bad mix all happening at once. And a lot of times in games, there are those moments where it's like you're right on the door, but then you don't make it happen, and then the other team immediately catches in. There was one possession in particular where I think it was Stewie, JJ, and Benaja. Each had wide open threes. They all missed. Dallas secures the rebound. Arike comes down, hits a three over Van der which took, which would have made the a New York team would have tied it. And then Arike's three made it Dallas up by six. And and then I'm sitting up in the press box. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, this ain't their day. It's just not their day. It, mm-mm. Right. Like stuff like that happens. It's like yep, I kind of know it ain't your day, and. Yeah. And what really, just to sort of like that physicality point, I think Dallas from the rebound battle by 20, which is really like New York has been better at rebounding in recent weeks. So it's like, that was a game where it's like, oh, wow. Like, even though we've made progress, we still have to like completely stay in it because if we don't, we're going to get muscled. And if we get muscled, we start running out of time. And then for as great as, as far as of but offense as we have if the shots are't going on, on a particular day you can count on just getting those extra possessions to give yourself a chance but if you're not doing that and if you're not even forcing turnovers it's you got you got nothing
0: yeah I mean, Again, if you look at the, the the game chart here for this game, uh, the lead tracker, there's just a little bit of that third quarter where you see the lead tracker dip into New York Liberty territory. And then to your point, that big, massive wave, that surge from the Dallas Wings really took them through. There were 10 overall lead changes, the Liberty led by Five points at the most, um, but the biggest lead for the Dallas Wings, 16. They end up winning by 10. Points in the paint, 50-5-0 yep. for Dallas, 236 for the New York Liberty. Um, so, yes, you talked about size for Dallas. There you go. Second chance points. So that speaks to rebounding. So second chance points, 19 to 3 in favor of Dallas and team rebounds 11 to two in favor of Dallas. As you mentioned, the total turnover is only the two 13 for the New York Liberty. So that continues to be a bugaboo. I think something that really stood out, you have already mentioned it was the physicality um, was also just the, the New York Liberty, not finding that groove and not being able to take advantage of opportunities, but there was something good, if you think about it, that came out of this. And it might be that this is the game that really woke JJ up. Now, we have talked about it. I, in particular, have used the term temperamental to talk about John Quell Jones. And I mean that matter-of-factly. I'm not throwing no shade, but we know sis can be a little hot and go, hit or, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like Whether it was a conversation she had with herself, with her training staff, with her coaches, or even some of her teammates, something happened where John Cole Jones was like, "Mm -hmm, what we're not going to do is have me be out rebounded by anyone else. And I think that came into play when they took the court against the uh, Washington Mystics. Um, Now, this is a team that they played earlier in the season or in the very first game of the season and lost. Played them earlier in the season after that, the second game, were able to win. And they get the 96-87 win. This was Friday's game, their second coming out of All-Star. And it, it, it was like night and day. When you look at the lead tracker... Washington had an early surge, and then it was all New York Liberty after that. Uh, you know, Brittany Sykes went off for 29. So there's still some work to be done. But that's what you hear from WNBA players a lot. When you have these really talented teams, um, you have to pick your poison. So they let Sykes go off. But John Quill Jones... Other than Sykes, no one scored more than Jones, who had 27 points. She had 11 uh, rebounds. Sykes also hitting the boards had 10 rebounds. Brittany Sykes did a little bit of everything here, um, but the fast break points in favor of New York Liberty doubled up Washington's seven points for 14 of their own. Seven or second chance points is second chance points. Excuse me, 12 to eight in favor of the New York Liberty points in the paint. 46 to 36. You'll love to see it. The total rebounds, 48 for the New York Liberty, 28 for the Mystics. What were some of your biggest takeaways after the Mystics game?
1: Yeah. Um, to that JJ point in post game, she admitted that she overthinks sometimes on the court. And I'm like, it's hum-. like, you know, that's a natural response. Like, you know, brand new situation. Like you're, you're trying to sort of get it right. And sometimes like you're thinking too much and then, when you get to thinking you're um you're in a situation where it becomes more robotic than natural right. when it comes to doing right. things. So it's something where Maureen said it in, 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 in Sunday's game too, which we'll get to in a minute, but um it's something where I think that when, when she's playing naturally and just playing loosely and freely, she's so good and so talented and so, rangy on defense she's able to sort of like throw a lot of things in 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 rhythm for new york and out of sync for washington and what helped a lot early was that they were able to establish her on the interior they were able to feed her consistently really get her active in that way it's something they've done a lot in a part of the season but the big difference tonight was that she didn't get in any foul trouble like she was able to play the first no. 14 minutes straight no fouls, no having to hit the bench, no, nothing. Sort of like throwing a wrench in her plan. So being able to just sort of like hoop without any any delays was so valuable for her. And I think that set the tone for the rest of the game. Like Washington hit them with that early burst, and then New York was like, Oh, we got that, and then right. they really sort of, they, they put their foot down and they hit the gas.
0: Yep, like swatting a fly away. And I think we also have to contextualize this game because as memory serves this was maybe the second game that the liberty played with, where elena Deladon wasn't on the court um but also i think this this third matchup with washington was the first game where washington did not have shakira austin because i think austin austin got hurt i don't know if it was in the new york game was yeah, it well, in yeah. It, yeah. Was. Okay. Yeah, it was okay i can remember that game yeah Yeah, okay. So that's what I I couldn't remember for sure. But I remember around that time when we played them for the second time, Shakira Austin got hurt. It was a kind of gnarly, just kind of freak accident. She was going for, you know, hustling down after, you know, getting her hand out for a steal and just body moving in a weird way and uh, just terrible so it's a hip injury that she's been uh nursing so when you mentioned size and that's how dallas was able to beat vegas that's how they were able to beat new york yep. washington didn't have that they did not have that post presence and so for washington and we might have to have misha back on to talk about this but you know how do they how do they Navigate that now, um, because we can definitely see in the WNBA size in the post matters.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, like Washington um, was just like they had um Hawkins and Queen Egbo, and JJ was able to really sort of like work through them. And then as yep. the game progressed, it then turned into the Stewie show, and it's like, oh wow, you got one former MVP who's cooking, you said, oh, they're not getting hit up that much. Oh, there's the other MVP, dang, what do I do? Right? So once once JJ is unlocked like that, it just opens up a world of possibilities for New York and it allows him yes. to be even more creative. On nights where the three-pointers aren't falling, you could just give it to your big in the post, let him cook, and then she'll make it happen. So I think a game like that also... Like cause there'd be times where they may sort of go away from Chi throughout the game, but in this one, they made sure to keep feeding her and keep pounding that mismatch and really sort of yep. like exploiting that. And I think that's just a sign of the team really understanding a hot hand and also just yes. sticking to the scout of like fully exploiting that mismatch and getting everything you can out of it, which sort of like allowed the rest of the team to sort of get into their rhythm the rest of the way through. There was still stuff they needed to clean up like this turnover. was like, Eight in the first quarter, I feel like Sandy won. I feel like if we had a microphone on Sandy as they were making those two numbers, it would not have been a pleasant sound. But, you know, they cleaned it up throughout the game, thankfully. So that's still something they can still sort of iron out and sort of, like, get perfected for when they get up against the really, against, I guess, a full-strength Washington down the line and the other elite teams in the league.
0: The Indiana Fever were actually the next opponent that... The New York Liberty would see. And once again, you see that John Quell Jones led New York in rebounds. Now, turnovers, both teams had 16 turnovers. So, again, massive. Massive room for improvement for the New York Liberty. Um, But I think that they'll start to work that out. This game was all New York Liberty. Maybe a little bit surprising, Brian, because we have seen Indiana be contenders. But New York never let them in the game. And I think there's two things that I want to mention here. One is if you are looking for a way to disrupt John Quell Jones, I do think that Aaliyah Boston put on a masterclass. That being said, the other side of that coin is that Aliyah Boston also found herself in foul trouble early and that impacted Indiana the rest of the ways. Those were some things that I saw watching this game, but Brian, I want to kick this over to you. What stood out to you and and what were players and and the coaching staff saying after this win? It was a 101-83 win. Over the Indiana Fever, the fourth time, I believe, in this season that the New York Liberty have hit triple digits. Mm. And there was also a lot of other uh, markers and franchise, even WNBA records that you got to witness at Barclays over the weekend.
1: So to start on the JJ point, um, they the team made sure to get her the rock in the post again to start off. Um, she was really able to sort of like whip, whip the spacing that that the shooters provided. She was able to operate in the post and then she was able to sort of pull Boston away from the rim and hit three-pointers. She, she had a couple yep. threes in the first quarter. On the yep. other side, it was a total team effort. Aaliyah only took like three shots the entire game and had only one rebound. And I went to we watched some of the turnovers for Indiana and a lot of them came because they couldn't, they couldn't get her the ball in the post. Like it was either JJ's that, like fronting or if Boston was, if the ball even got to Boston, there's like suit coming in on the, on the blind side to, to pick off the passes, like extra help coming in. So they do a lot of different looks at her and they sort of like, Made her a non-factor in a way that I think really stood out, and Sandy shouted out the work that JJ did in particular. In post game, she was saying that you know JJ was really able to sort of like help force her, force her away from the basket, keep her in a crowd, and do things like that. So I thought that the two-way game for JJ really stood out, and the 11 rebounds again, back-to-back double doubles for JJ, which is a great sign going forward, and. But on the record side, league record 44 points in the first quarter. I think they made their first nine shots, and a lot of it was just they just insisted their way to the basket. Like, a lot of Laney's baskets were just like either shoot, when she would force her to turn over, just get out, dart in transition, finish at the cup. Strong finishes over Erica Wheeler, Kelsey Mitchell in the paint taking advantage of Lexi Hall when she had her honor just like that interior presence that Lenny provided and I think with being particular she could since she can score well on all three levels that's another avenue that New York can explore one yes. of the I know there's been a lot of conversation about they're not using her enough and I think that y- yeah I've seen it I'm like I'll be I'll be, be, be seeing stuff I'm like hey man what y'all what you talking about but like you know for <laughs> a lot of um this season she's adjusted to being more of a catch and shoot player and she's i think shooting a career best from three point range as a result and in postgame, she mentioned that Indiana was closing out to her a lot on the three-point line, and she yes. was able to leverage that and get in the post and get in the paint and work that way. So I think that it's it shows a great symmetry between the team, like be, her being able to adjust to the defense in real time, being able to go to another skill in her tool belt, succeed in that way, set the tone on offense accordingly, which when you're driving to the basket like that, it opens up three-point shots for JJ, for UNESCO, for johannes when she came in the game so they they were able to really set that tone and for a marine speaking of she mentioned that like jj she's been overthinking as well too and i think i think we talked about it maybe a couple episodes back like it's been a taxing year for marine just just dealing with the situation in france and coming here just having to sort of like reacclimate to a whole new a whole new system whole new teammates having to do that so i think and she mentioned after the game that she just like wants to go back to having fun again and not overthinking. And I think that with her four three pointers, there was one three. Like she 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 forced the turnover. Vandersloop hits her. As soon as she catches it, she jumps up. And then Erica Wheeler, like Johanna bows like this. Wheeler's head is like, Wheeler's hand is like this. And then the three goes in, I'm like, wait, I didn't see it from like the, from press roll. I went back to watch it in the replay. I'm like, wait a minute, this really happened? Like what? Wild. I was like, wow, she's really that comfortable. And I think that it really just showed that, you know when she's loose and having fun, she can be as majestic and magical mm. as she, as we normally see her being. And mm-hmm. I think also some, um. We had asked Maureen about it as well. So she had three steals, I think, like second highest total of the season. Follow uh, and, and in the last game against Washington, a career high six rebounds. So it's something where we know her as a scorer, as a distributor, but she's trying to do more of the little things as well, too. And Sandy has always sort of like tried to encourage her to do a little bit more, just, you know, get just sort of like gently push her in that direction to sort of like encourage her to take on more aspects of the game. And she said that, you know, she'll try her best to do it every time. And I think that you know being able to help on the boards, give that extra presence, help start to help start help start transition attack with with forcing turnovers, doing all of those kind of things, I think creates a little bit more diversity for the team and for the bench unit in particular. I think that with Marine playing well, you can give Vanness a little bit more rest. You can you can sit Sabrina a little bit longer and be okay. You can play Marina at the three-pointer if you want to give Laney a little bit of a rest too. So I think having Marine really locked in and engaged in the way she was on Sunday, I think really just allows for more creativity, more flexibility with lineups, more experimentation. And we really just can sort of like get to spread the wealth a little bit more too. And I guess to the other bench point, um, like the bench, I thought the bench was fantastic, you know, Kayla Thornton hit a bunch of three, hit two, hit two, three pointers. Niara grabbed some boards. She made a really great pass in the pick and roll to Jocelyn in the corner for three. I was like, Hmm, that's very impressive. And having the bench, even Piff, Piff came in, made some nice assists, did stuff like that. So having the bench really able to sort of like spread the wealth, keep, Keep the lead where it was because we've seen a lot where even in the Indiana game, you know that that twenty point lead went down to nothing gradually, and it was a lot of them mm. because they kept allowing easy layups, bad yep. throws, things like that. So having the bench to sort of like take that, take the work that the starters did, add on to it, and then from there you just sort of like cruise to the finish line. It made for a stress free day for the team, so that way you know. It's sort of similar to like how in baseball where if you're starting with those 100 pitches and it's like a lot of like stressful pitches, like they have base runners on every inning, you know, right working their tail off to escape trouble. This game was more like we jumped up by 27 early. Indiana got it to like 21, but it was like, eh. 20, and then they, they came back and hit a three immediately anyway, so it's like, okay, we got it under control, so we can just sort of, like, ease our way to the finish line, and not have to burn so much energy, which which I think is doubly important, because they have so much, they have so many games coming up, mixing with so much travel, yes. going all, you know, going to Los Angeles, going to Minnesota, all, of, all over the country this month, so a game mm-hmm. like this, where you get, where you start off the homestand, dominate, put on a great show, and give yourself an opportunity to, to get your bench more run, reduce the workload for the starters, make it like an easy day at the office for them, I think can really benefit them beyond just in, in the immediate one column, but just in just in sort of like the responsibilities and workload for the team throughout this month.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love A lot of what you said, I want to illuminate just a few things. You talked about getting that early start, and I think Sandy kind of joked around about it. She was asked after Sunday's game, you know, you've seen a lead swell, you've also been down big, you know, both ends of that. You know, how do you kind of try to navigate again? Forty-four points, a a league high Mm -hmm. in the first quarter. Well, in any period, uh, or to score 44 points, never been done, but 44, 17, first quarter, I'm just going to break down quarter by quarter, 29, 24, Indiana, in favor of Indiana in the second, 1918 in the third, in favor of the New York Liberty, and then 1914 in favor of Indiana in the fourth quarter. Those are just points per quarter. So without that massive lead that they that they were able to gain in that first quarter. You know, this is a closer game really um, when you break it down that way. So it's just something to keep in mind. I do think it was good practice to your point about the, the bench and them being able to have some minutes to see what they could do with a lead of that size. The bench had 29 points for the New York Liberty in relation to 26 bench points for Indiana. The New York Liberty reserves were Uh, Shooting a a 62.5% clip um, and a 58.3% clip from the field, I should say, Uh, and a a 58.3% clip from the arc, from the three-point arc, and 100% on their free throws. So those are things, you know, making sure that you can, to your point, Brian, um, keep the momentum going at minimum. Uh, don't <laughs> let up the lead. That's something that I think the New York Liberty still can work on. But I liked also what you were talking about when you were talking about Maureen Johannes. I got I get the impression even when Sandy was with Phoenix that her language, the way that she um, empowers her players, is through positivity. <laughs> is through saying, "Look, look at what you just did. Now let's try. Just let's try to add this." Or let's let's really focus on this for the next few games and like get get players excited to really refine a specific skill. And so I think JJ and Marine, they're having to also adapt perhaps to a coach that is not necessarily she's not going to she's I find Sandy to be very. Uh, straightforward um she is gonna you know she'll yell scream hoot and holler um but but when it's necessary you know i don't find her as an overly i mean like kurt miller is just always kind of screaming to the point where you just think it's normal (laughs) but that's not necessarily sandy i think she's more cool calm and collected and so if i had to guess Marine Johannes and uh, John Cole Jones, very um, cerebral, um, but also are probably their harshest critic. And so they're having to navigate that positive reinforcement, which um, maybe they are or aren't used to at this level, and kind of w- let Sandy and their teammates be their guiding voice and mitigate some of that um, kind of perfectionism, perhaps. Yeah. That- going on in their own heads. So I think it's going to be interesting um, because I do think Sandy is a pretty patient person. And I think that's why players like her, because she's willing to work with a player as they're navigating through a lot of different things, because, you know, life is hard. (laughs) And not to mention that these are professional athletes that are playing a game, but that's that's their livelihood. So anyway, Uh, I did, you know, I definitely, my eyes raised when you mentioned that whole thing about Benajah. We have talked on Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans, about the importance of Kayla Thornton, and I loved that they mentioned that on the broadcast on Sunday but we haven't done that for Benajelani, Brian, and we're not going to break it down now. Um, but first of all, if you haven't checked out Black Rose Media on YouTube, well, hopefully you're watching on YouTube now. Hello, YouTube watchers. Or if you're listening, go to our YouTube page because we're posting the post game media as well as the highlights. And I thought it was hilarious Uh, Not only after the game, but also in the post-game press conference, we got to meet little JJ, which is Benajah's niece. And um, so first, go check that out. But also, make sure you stay tuned to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans, because Brian and I, we're going to have to break it down. We've talked about how important uh, KT is coming off of the bench, veteran presence, just like built like an engine, workhorse is going to get it done, making the right play at the right time for me. And I'm gonna let y'all think about this, those who are watching and listening. But for me, this team, if you really watch the New York Liberty, this team goes as Benaja goes. And I know Stewie is a massive part of that. And I'm not trying to she's like putting up MVP numbers. To be fair, like she's definitely a top three as far as I'm concerned. And when the New York Liberty needs little things to get done and they need someone to show that by example, because I mean, let's be honest, not everyone can do what Stewie does. Period. And Banasia shows how you can impact the game even if you have the ball in your hand. That's all. That's what I'm going to say for now yeah we're gonna break that down. we're gonna break that down, Brian, for the folk um, and they're gonna need that because you mentioned the schedule. they're gonna have their first back to back coming up. It's a long stretch of games now, granted, most of the games are at home, so that has its advantages. but let's talk about this upcoming schedule for the New York Liberty. They are um They're going to see Seattle again. Now Seattle, we know, has been struggling. Um, But Jewel Lloyd is still a problem, Brian. Jewel Mm -hmm. Lloyd is still a problem. Um, Okay, so you can't sleep. You cannot sleep on this Seattle Storm team. And this is an opportunity for the New York Liberty to really refine some of the things. Uh, So that's going to be Tuesday night's game. Um, we're recording this on Monday. That's going to be on ESPN three, uh, on Thursday. Now this is going to be a good one. I was on CBS sports HQ and I said, coming out of all-star the teams, you got to watch the Dallas wings. We already talked about them. And yes, I do think they're legit. And the Atlanta dream took, I believe a five, it was like five or six game winning streak into yeah. the all-star break. And they're not to be trifled with. We've already seen Atlanta, you know, come for us. So that's going to be Thursday. That's going to be on Prime, Prime Video. That's a 7 p.m. local uh, start. And then this is the back-to-back that I was talking about. So you go Seattle, then Atlanta, Tuesday, Thursday. And then on Friday, the New York Liberty will welcome the Minnesota Lynx, and they will be part of the Ion Friday lineup, which is going to be exciting. Oh, but wait, there's more, <laughs> because the New York Liberty will also take on the LA Sparks. That's going to be an early game out uh, out in LA, but they're yes. going to Com Arena. And I honestly haven't seen the Sparks. I don't think I've seen a full Sparks game yet this season, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm very curious to kind of see with my own eyes what's going on with Kurt Miller and the L.A. Sparks. Um, But this is another dangerous team. I think their record, they haven't had the consistency and the continuity that they would like, but they have a solid coach. Kurt Miller is a solid coach can't deny that. Neka Ogumake, Chine. I mean, you know, it goes on and on for LA. So uh, I'm very curious to, to see how the New York Liberty fare there. But so, okay, that's the schedule, Brian. But anything that you are looking forward to, or that you're going to keep a keen eye on as the New York Liberty take on the Seattle Storm on Tuesday, the um, Atlanta Dream on Thursday, the Minnesota Lynx Friday and then the LA Sparks on Sunday.
1: Sure. Um, I'll, I'll go through each one. For Tuesday, I want to see if they can replicate their success they had against Jewel that, that they had last time. Prior to her injury, I think she was like three for 14 in that game and delivery threw like a lot of different looks at her. I'm curious to see how they'll be able to replicate that again. And someone I'm excited to see off the bench is Jocelyn Willoughby. In the past couple of days, in the in the past couple of games, Jocelyn has gotten first quarter minutes and she's done a good job. And she gives them just another perimeter defender, which which has been a sore spot for the team. A little bit more size on the boards as well too. So I'm interested to see if she gets some of the Lloyd matchup and how the team is able to sort of like come up with, with game plans to get the ball out of her hand. And um, just on the Seattle side, I'm excited to see Gabby Williams. Like maybe mm, yeah, mm. a situation similar to Marine, but it felt like hers was like even more amplified because she dealt like she was like the poster child of the price of the prioritization rule this year. So seeing her in, in New York is going to be exciting. This is our first time seeing her since she didn't play the first three games. So having to account for her in that regard is going to be an interesting wrinkle for the team and a good test. So I want to see how they do with that Thursday um, for Atlanta. I, I am so fascinated for this matchup. Like the last, yes. time, the last time New York played them, like New York went wire to wire. Like a couple of things happened in that game. So a lot, a lot happened. <laughs> so, the Atlanta crowd got pissed because Steph Dolson, um accidentally elbowed Letitia um L A on from a dream, blowed her up. Um, I think Tanisha got a tech about it. Sabrina shot a free throw, started heckling the crowd, and it's like it got it got. I got extra negative on, yep, they got extra negative on Twitter again. And again. then after, after the game, um, well, well, but, but, before I get to the post game, during the game, in the comment, like one of the reporters, t- she had reported that Tanisha told the team, hey, our goal for the rest of this night, do not let them score 100 points. And then they scored like 111. So I'm like, <sighs> I'm like oh boy, yeah, yep, it was that kind of night. And then in yeah. the post game, the dream were pissed at the referees. They're like, man, they 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 call these terrible calls, ain't nothing. And then on Twitter, back to Twitter again, Ryan Howard tweeted July twenty seventh, which is the it's the date of this matchup. So I'm like, all right, I know you guys in Atlanta are pretty mad. Like y'all y'all been y'all been playing well. Y'all got something to prove. Y'all. This is also to to add a little bit more. This is the team that put that kept them out of the postseason last year. Atlanta mm. had two shots, two chances to win one game and clinch that playoff spot. They just had to beat New York that Friday, that Friday game in Atlanta, the home season finale, and then that Sunday afternoon at Barclays to end the season. New York won them both. Like New York finished strong in both games, got punched their ticket into the playoffs, kept Atlanta out of the playoffs, and. Atlanta, you know, they're they're a prideful team. They're gonna be like, hey, oh, hey, we wanna get we wanna get that payback on that, you know. So be waiting for y'all. And and on the Atlanta front as well, too. I've been so confused as to like why Cheyenne Parker was on the bench to start yes, the
0: Yes, that's and, been a developing story. Yeah,
1: the explanations each time sort of changed. First, it was oh, coach's decision, and then the other day it was like, Oh, hey. I have the right to make that change and every i feel like to a person everyone who would see a, a, an atlanta-based reporter quote that they're like what and so but but now Shannon is back in the starting lineup so i'm interested to see how she does now that she's back in her regular rotation regular swing of things so right. that's gonna be really fun so i feel like it's so much like swirling factors into this one i'm like yes this is this is the this is the type of basketball and the type of negativity that people like <laughs> that I will watch. So I'm excited to watch that play out on Thursday after Thursday evening. Thursday
0: then, prime video, Amazon 7 Thursday p.m. Eastern Wednesday
1: time. Wednesday. Yep. Amazon <laughs> wants these good games with good teams. We got you, wow, you got you covered. There
0: you go.
1: Yep. And then for Friday for Minnesota, night two of the back to back. It's a home back to back so. It's a little bit trickier, but still, uh, still back to back. So yeah. I want to see how the rotations look. Um, Sandy went mm-hmm. ten deep on Sunday's game, which due to the blowout, but so also just I think just how they want to do it. So I feel like she's probably going to do something similar again. You know, last last home game before a road trip, so you you want to make sure you get everyone out, make sure you don't overextend anybody. So I want to see mm-hmm. how they do. And a player from Minnesota, I am so pumped to watch is Diamond Miller. Like, the mm. little bits of time that I've seen her play, like, she plays with such, like, a bounciness and just a tenacity. I'm like, man, she and the Fisa Collier are going to be, like, franchise stalwarts for the next decade for Minnesota if
0: they play their cards yeah, right Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Like, Fia has really taken over that team, and Miller had some injury woes um, that have kept her out of the lineup but um yeah i think you're right about that um it's gonna be a big weekend and we haven't even gotten to the sparks yet
1: <laughs> yes road trip which um which i think what will help new york is that they're there for two games so they 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 they, they make it to la for sunday afternoon and then they stay yep. for tuesday night so yep. you, you, you fly in you play that game have a rest day just sort of stay put after all these games, just like they do the rest of recovery, stay put in Los Angeles, which has so many great facilities and crypto, formerly known as Staples, has a lot of stuff in there. So the team can access that treatment and make sure they have everything they need for recovery day and then Tuesday night be ready to see if they can if they, if they can put another good game together. So, you know, it's a lot of good stuff coming up. And when we come back next time, we have that big date circled, which we will. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> Almost there for part two. We're not there yet. We just we, got to get this. There's, there's like some other stuff we got to take care of first, but part two is on the way.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Next episode, we are going to spend a lot more time yep. on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so you better be ready. And um, if things go as planned, we might be able to do a live Got to get up a podcast Ooh. for New York Liberty fans yeah. on August 6th. But we we got to we got to we'll we'll keep you t- stay tuned for that. We'll keep okay. you posted on that. But we're going to wrap the show here. Listen, we got a lot to talk about next episode. We're obviously going to recap the games. I do want to get into Benajelani. You know, we didn't talk about it. But, you know, I feel like ESPN, ABC, slash the Disney Disney Family Networks, they really put Sabrina in a bad spot at all.
1: tripping, man. Listen,
0: they did her dirty. And I know we've talked about it. Listen, I ain't holding Sabrina's water. She be a'ight. I've said it before. She's going to be a'ight. You know, she don't need me going hard in the paint for her. That being said... Sometimes these narratives, man. She got put in a bad spot, but we're gonna have to break that down another time. Brian, let the folks know where they can find your work.
1: Yes, um, you can find me all over social media at BusyXB. I've got we've got some stuff at the local W coming up this week. Um, a lot of great games coming up. We're gonna be on Twitter. We've got a lot of stuff cooking for you guys, so it's gonna be great. Like it's gonna be a great, exciting week. Going to keep you covered fully from front to back, so looking forward to it.
0: Love it. And you can find me and the show at Black Rosie Media. That's blackrosymedia.com, Black Media on YouTube, Black Rosie Media on whatever they're calling the bird app these days. <laughs> 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 and if you uh, want to follow what I have to say about basketball, hockey, and the Women's World Cup, you can follow me personally at E Lindsay08. That's E L I N D S A Y. Zero eight. All right. For Brian again, my name is Erica L. Ayala and this has been another episode of gotta get up, gotta get up a podcast for New York Liberty fans. We will catch you next week. Peace out.